Hello and welcome to another episode of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese, and I'm joined today by Dan and Tim. It's race week. Are we excited, guys? So, so excited. I saw a pie chart on Instagram earlier on that had what are we doing with our weekends and it was 100% blue and it had a little chart and it was like watching Formula One is the blue colour and that is how I feel right now. <laughs> I am literally sacking off anything that isn't Formula One. It's like, I don't have no kids. I've got no missus. Uh, there's no work. As long as the internet and the sky signal is fine, that's it. I, I, I'm done. I have no wife or no kids, so I don't have to worry about any of that. It's just a week in a flat-out Formula 1 for me too. <laughs> How are everyone feeling about Mercedes and Red Bull putting different favourite tags on each other? I personally think it's good banter. I do love the Instagram, Twitter departments that play fun and games over the race season. I can't remember which teams it was, but they did a lot of it last year, didn't they, as well? I think most of the teams have been involved with it across the years. Um, in the off-season this year, it was very funny as well. There was a brilliant section between Aston Martin and Mercedes. That's um, probably the one when, I was thinking about. So all the fans have been asking for either Lewis Hamilton announcement for this season or for Sebastian Vettel content at a point when Aston Martin had only released a few videos of Lance Stroll. And the team started to brag to each other on Twitter directly, <laughs> tagging each other <laughs> and saying, we'll show you the Vettel content once you've announced Lewis, as an example. Yeah, I, 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 I remember that, yeah. <laughs> It was also very entertaining during the lockdown period when there was no Formula One for what seems like much longer than the three-month break we've just had. That is exactly it. It's good that they're bringing some sort of positivity to the world via social media other than just competing behind closed doors in such a harsh manner. It is good that they're getting out and giving it some sort of fun instead of wasting £400 million a year on doing nothing. <laughs> oh, those guys deserve to be paid £400 million a year. They're brilliant. I think they'll be brilliant again in even practice. I think they're going to be looking forward to that. The race weekend, it's sort of now, with the social media age we're in, it's added to on another level by those guys in the social media teams. Mm, definitely. Speaking of practice, it's only one-hour sessions on Friday now. Guys, do you think that's going to make better racing? I think definitely for the first few races, it will make it better racing. And I think that's because of the lack of pre-season testing and the teams that have had issues in the pre-season testing, perhaps being the teams that we would have expected to be nearer to the front, like Mercedes. And if you think how the Aston Martin, when they were racing points took off in pre-season testing last year, and everyone was saying they could be the challenger to Red Bull, they are quite far off the pace as well. And I think that lack of testing and then on top of that, the lack of track time they're going to get in the first few race weekends will make it more interesting during the races themselves and during qualifying. I think it is going to put them under, obviously, a tighter schedule. You know, with taking away effectively an hour and a half of practice, is that now time that isn't going to be seen by a, by a reserve driver? Because it's more emphasis on that driver in that car for that race weekend. I don't think it's going to uh, affect reserve drivers in the sessions they're going to get because I think it's all contractual. I think the likes of Roy Nassani and uh, Daniel Kvyat will get so many sessions because it's what's in their contract. Mm, I agree. I agree. I think it's going to create better racing just because you look at races like in Germany last year, um, they had less practice because of the weather and it made for a great race. I would agree that it's going to make it better racing. Just coming back to the point about the reserve drivers, 
I think that the reserve drivers getting track time in these cars this year is probably going to be the least important it's actually been for a few years with the rule changes that are coming next year. So I think that you might not see as many reserve drivers, especially when you usually get the young drivers taking up the F1 sessions towards the end of the season. I think that may affect the team's thinking in that the reserve drivers learning these cars won't benefit them nearly as much for next season as they would do now. That is very possible, but surely as a reserve driver, it's not, uh, you know, 100% learning that car. It's learning the track, it's learning the team, it's learning the staff, you know, all that sort of stuff as well, you know? I think with some reserve drivers, they're there for their experience more than anything else. Like the likes of Kibitza and Kvyat have got loads of experience, so they are there to give the feedback back. You say that about Kvyat having experience in the Formula 1 car and being able to give feedback. They've got Alonso. I don't think Alpine need. Well, they've got to crash test it, and Gaviat's good for that. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder if Alonso's going to want to do all the practice sessions this season, though, with uh, with his jaw and the fact he's going to have to have off-season surgery. Do you, you don't really want to put any unnecessary wear and tear, especially if it's a track that Alonso knows well. I think if you're in um, Silverstone or if you're at the Hungaro ring, I feel that you might give a session to... Uh, to out there just to lessen the load on a track that Alonso has driven his entire career. Yes, but are you going to want to give track time after you've been out for a season? Also, are they realistically going to give track time to Kvyat when realistically I don't see Kvyat ever being in an Alpine first team seat? Well, if Ocon drives how he drove in the first half of last season, you could easily see him being dropped and that happening if, if if the midfield battle is tight and that car is only bringing home points through one driver you've got to consider putting Kvyat in there who had a lot of strong races last season granted they came mostly after it was all but confirmed that he was the guy being dropped I believe it was also confirmed unofficially on German TV by Helmut Marco that it wouldn't be Kvyat a long time before the end of the season. We're talking, was it Turkey on the grid before Turkey? Marco said that yeah, he said whatever Kvyat did for the rest of the season, it was mm. too little, too late. Yeah. It was off the back of Kvyat's fourth place at Imola. I really do not trust anything that guy says or Christian Horner because they'll, they'll tell you one day that all is fine and the next day we're changing engines. It's I just don't <laughs> trust them. Oh, <laughs> Renault, Renault, it's all fine. We love you. Don't worry. See you on Monday. On Tuesday. Yeah, we're with Honda now. See you later. <laughs> I mean, you, you say that, but Renault had the last laugh in that one. Even if they didn't deliver for Ricardo, they took Ricardo oh, away and really, yeah. really messed up Red Bull because mm. it's taken them how long? And we, we well, we've proven this weekend, I reckon, how well Perez has stacked up against the likes of Albon and Gasly because Albon and Gasly in their first race alongside Max Verstappen were a long way off the pace of him. If Perez can be within half a second, he's already the best teammate Verstappen has had in the last three years. But I really do think that Danny Rick did himself out of way more podiums than he got with Renault. He should have just stuck... I, I say he should have stuck it out. It's easy for us to look back and say, you know, should have done this, should have done that. But if he'd have been in that Red Bull with Max, that Red Bull would be 100% faster than what it is now. And they would have definitely got more podiums. If you're Ricardo, do you want to sit there for two years when you know you're going to be number two? It was obvious in that 2018 season, they weren't treating the drivers equally. 
after Baku when Max moved under braking when Ricardo went across and it just unsettled Ricardo's car. He went straight into the back of Max. Yeah, and that, everyone that watching, was everyone watching knew that was Verstappen's fault. The Red Bull came out and defended Max, didn't say anything, and Max didn't have to say anything. And Ricardo, you could tell he wanted to say, Well, it wasn't my fault. And everyone watching you, it wasn't his fault. And when you're in that situation, you're being number two to such a class driver that Ricardo is he's a race winner for a reason. You, you can't expect to sit there and be number two for two years. It just reminds me of Ocon and Sergio, like at um, Force India, where obviously they, they did not get along at all. I 100% think that they just didn't even like the look of each other's faces. They got into some nasty squabbles and stuff in, obviously, in the races, taking out one, if not two, of the cars. And I think that Ocon was the better driver, personally, controversial or not. I just really think that, like Ocon was the better driver, but I really do believe that Ocon drives like a bed. And it reminds me too much of Max in his younger years of, I think I'm good. Now you need to think that I'm good. So I'm just going to throw it up anywhere I feel like it and see what happens. <laughs> but it, <laughs> but is that is that how he's going to drive this season? I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the younger drivers, I think you look at, the likes of when you're racing Hamilton or you're racing Vettel or Kimi Raikkonen, there's a lot more respect given when you're trying to overtake those guys. Like you see those guys go hard against each other, but when someone else is trying to overtake them, it always feels like they are trying to be a little more respectful. And then you get Max Verstappen who, uh, who wants to play bumper cars or something. (laughs) Moving on. To uh, preview the Bahrain Grand Prix, we are now joined by Chris, who last week took the mick out of me for falling asleep. Chris, what have you been doing? <laughs> I was um, comfortable and snoozing, and then and and and, and then I it was nap time, Chris. I think a lot of meds. <laughs> are you, are you doing okay, though, Chris? I'm all good. I'm all good. Are you, are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, we're all good. Yes, we're, we're all good. good. Are you excited for the weekend, Chris? Can't yes. wait. Can't wait. It's going to be a, a good weekend, hopefully. It will be if Mercedes has sorted their out. I don't think. I don't think so, but we'll see in predictions what I think. <laughs> um, we'll start off with qualifying. It's a normal qualifying. Thank God for that one. Now the <laughs> sprint race format, which we're all very against here. Guys, who's your thoughts on pole position? Who's going to get pole position this weekend? Let's start with Start with Dan. I would have to go by testing, and I think it's going to be Max, just purely because of testing. Chris? I agree. Uh, for starting, no doubt. Tim? I honestly cannot go against my previous two friends' predictions here that it's going to be a Verstappen pole position. I am going to make this a tremendous listing by saying I completely agree with all three of you. I, <laughs> I can't look past it being Max Verstappen. I think it's going to be Verstappen and then a Mercedes on the front row. Uh, I think it'll be a, a staggered grid. So it'll go Verstappen. I'm going to go Bottas and then Perez and Hamilton. Uh, much I love Hamilton. I think he's struggling a lot with that car and probably start fourth. I Tim. very nearly said Bottas for my pole position. I almost changed my mind at the last moment, but I just can't look beyond Max right now. Who did you put in his third race? Perez. I would um, personally throw him Claren in there. Yeah. I would agree for the third place. A Ricardo or maybe a Norris. We saw Norris put in some good qualifying performances at the end of last season. I'd love to see Norris up there. I think the British drivers. We need a British driver coming up being at the front. 
if it's uh, if it is really Hamilton's last year. Although George is likely going to be in the car, and rumours are that George will know by the summer break if he's in the Mercedes next year. Apparently so. Apparently he's going to know either way. He's going to be driving a Mercedes or he'll be driving a Mercedes-powered car. Williams or Aston Martin? He's too good a prospect. Um, and other teams are going to want them. And if he's not going to be in a top quality Mercedes car, other teams are going to come knocking. That's mm. got to be the issue of obviously, you know, they don't want to lose him. But, it, you know, it's, a, it's another Danny Rick situation. How long do you wait to get into something better before there's nothing left? Do you do with Russell what Red Bull did with signs and loan him out to a uh, to another team like Renault? There's a seat going at Alpine next season. Do you put George Russell in the Alpine? I believe that the future of those guys who are up and coming but towards the rear of the grid will be much decided by probably the performances of Vettel and also Ocon, Gasly, how they fit into it. They will be decided first and I think there will be empty seats as a result of that, which is where the young guys will end up. Shall we get back to predictions? Yeah, let's get back to it. Let's, uh, let's go our podium. Who do we uh, think is going to be our one, two and three? Tim, you're so eager. You go first. Seeing as he started the season quite well the last few years, I'm going to go for a Bottas win. I'm going to go for a Verstappen second. And I am going to go for, you know what, I think he's going to get a good qualifying lap. I'm going to go for a Norris third. I think, uh, I think Verstappen will translate a pole position into a first win of the season. I think it will be Hamilton in second, and I think Ricardo in third. I would say Verstappen, Hamilton, and Norris. See, I'm still torn even thinking about it after you three guys have gone through it. But I still think that it's going to have to be Max, uh, one of the McLarens. Uh, to be fair, I, I think I'll go Max, uh, Danny Rick, and... I reckon Carlos Sainz is going to put it out of the bag and put that Ferrari up there. And I say the great thing about all four of these predictions, we've all predicted three different teams on the podium. Mm. And if that could be a running trend for this year, then we're in for an exciting year. Yeah, it may not be a Lewis runs away with it. As much as I love Lewis, and I love him winning championships and races. It may not just be the Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes show for the seventh year running. Going back to your prediction, Dan, seeing that a Ferrari on the podium, you, you're really banking a lot of cars failing to finish there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't trust that Aston Martin yet. I think that where you may have a Ferrari in the upper reaches of the point may be when they turn that Honda engine up to a full pelt for the first time. And if they get the settings wrong on those Honda engines, you could potentially have engine failures because they have admitted themselves, Honda, that they are going to be pushing their engines right to the limit of what they think is possible with the technology available this year in one last gung-ho attempt to try and topple Mercedes. Going on there, the unreliability and cars failing to finish. Uh, Chris, who's your prediction for the first retirement of the race? I'm going to go with Leclerc starting midfield, first corner, I would say. I'm going to go out there and say Leclerc. He causes sight or gets caught up in something? It's caught up in something. Who causes it? Sonoda. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. I thought that there was a Mazepin joke there somewhere. Nah, he's not going to be in the midfield. He's going to be, he's going to be 20 metres behind everyone going into turn one. I think Sonoda showed a lot of pace mid-season and or mid-test him, and that it could all go to his head a little bit if he sees a red Ferrari ahead of him. Tim, your first retirement. Based on the reliability of the of the testing, you'd you'd probably have to say 
a Mercedes-powered car. So maybe an Aston Martin experienced a couple of issues. Um, maybe a technical error for Stroll or for Vettel could see them go out. The Seb fans won't like it, but I'm going to have. I would probably go with Vettel. Dan, I'm gonna gonna have to go with my first retirement as Esteban Ocon purely because I still think he's got too much to prove and he's going to get cocky and he's going to throw himself in a place that his car does not need to be um, and it's going to be Alpine all over the road. For my first retirement, I think it's going to be uh, like Tim going down the Mercedes power route. But I think it's going to be Bottas. I think Mercedes in the past, it's not out of character to have a retirement in the first race of the season or first couple of races of the season. Usually it seems to fall on Hamilton, but this time I think it's going to be Bottas who gets the short straw and probably Gearbox needing to uh, to stop to save the Gearbox. I like that. <laughs> yeah, Lewis will get to stay off the curbs. With, with how much that car costs, you should be able to go over a few curbs. Just saying. If, you say that, you wouldn't, not, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't bump your Ferrari up a curb, would you? Mate, if I had a Ferrari... No, how no. If you had a Ferrari, you'd be joining most Ferrari drivers and facing the wrong direction, I'm sure. <laughs> Spinella. Spinella, yeah. Welcome, Spinella. Ferrari fans. Welcome. Welcome, Ferrari fans. We've missed you. You've yeah. not missed us because you've not listened since week one. We, uh, we bigged you up and I put you on the podium and then you did spin. But in your defence, Dan was driving. <laughs> Shall we move on to star performers? Yeah, star performers. Uh, Eager Tim, do you want to go first again? Yes, because contrary to Chris's predictions about Sonoda being potentially the first one out. Oh no, he said Leclerc, didn't he? He'd be hit by Sonoda. I think the Alpha Tauris are going to be right up there in the higher reaches of the points. Um, if Mercedes are still off the pace, they could be the third or fourth best team either side of Mercedes behind the McLarens and the Red Bulls. They just look so good in practice. So the first few laps of practice are usually done with the aero rates and they usually spend like a couple of hours testing parts and things like that. Gasly, one or two laps of the aero rates, they obviously found what they wanted and he just started setting long, consistent lap times. So I think the Alpha Tauris will be my star of the race. I will go next on uh, my prediction for this one. I begrudgingly have to agree with him, but I think it's going to be Sonoda. I think he's shown pace in that car straight out the gate. He's he's not messing about and he's going to be a real talent. And as long as he doesn't end up in a first or second lap altercation, I think he's got the, the long run pace and the ability to, to go far in the race. Uh, Chris, do you want to go next? Yeah, I tend to agree that it's going to be an Alphatari driver. If it's not, if Sonoda doesn't wipe out Leclerc in the first corner, I think it could be him. But it's going to be a really good fight between him and Gasly as to who's the top Alphatari driver. And that's just going to drive that team forward. I just hope it doesn't end up with another Max, Daniel, and like obviously that kind of situation where they, you know, they see potential, they see talent, they see the next five years of progression with that team and they just start favouring him early on if he starts performing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing that could come into that later in the season is Gasly is the race winner, and if Ocon isn't doing well, how much would the French team want a French race winner in their team? I think the star performer is going to be Mr Saturday turning himself into Mr Sunday and picking up a surprise point in the Williams. 
I think it's going to be George Russell. I think that despite the issues that some of the Mercedes cars have had, Williams looked absolutely fine in testing. And I think with three or four retirements, I think George can more than make up for that with a good qualifying and race and steal a point. Mm. It's potential, but the problem is, right, so you're looking at Aston Martin, Mercedes, Williams, all running those Mercedes engines, right? But you've got Mercedes at the front. We're hoping Aston are going to be high up the order. And then you've got Williams. But what are what are Williams missing that the rest of them are obviously going to be finding? How hard is it for them to... And you've obviously got to look at the Mercedes clone from last year, which it basically was just a clone. They shot up. You know, they uh, got race wins, podiums, all that sort of stuff. What is stopping Williams from doing that? You know, are they that far behind? I think it's a lot to do with their aero package. You looked at their their front wing last last season, and it was just plain Jane. But why don't they just go and copy the Mercedes wing? Go and copy X Y Z's wing because you know it's 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 been proven. You can copy a whole bloody car, and it'd be fine. You can copy it, but you can't copy it per se. You you've got to come up with the design independently. You've got to make it yourself. You can't take someone else's drawing and just create that yourself. Sky F1 and pause. Job done. There you go, Williams. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, but you can't just copy the wing because to make the wing work, you need the, the sky side skirts to work. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. I, yeah, I, I know that. But I'm just saying with the well, way that, that obviously the rest of the teams have taken this Mercedes package and run with it, like there has to be something that they are just really fundamentally missing from it. And it's just, it's, it is poor really, because obviously being one of the old school British teams, you really want them to do well. And they're just stuck at the back, just doing nothing. I think one thing they've got for them heading into this season is money that they haven't had before. Yeah, definitely. And as much as I loved her, we we have no more Claire. I don't think it made any difference to the team though when Claire stepped down. I think because they are so far off the pace, they were open to having a complete reshuffle and it can only, well, it can't get worse really if you're Williams. Um, I mean, it probably can this season be worse if you, if you stay at the back because you don't expect has to be competing in any way, shape or form considering all their efforts are going into next year's car. But I also think being Williams, you can't afford to have a bad year because you're going to start losing the drivers. You know, you've already got George linked to Mercedes, potentially unspecified sources. But if they have a good year, is he going to want to stay and progress the car? Or, no, or is no. he going to want to get out a, a, like as soon as possible? I you think if there's a Mercedes seat available, then you're not going to want to. You're not going to turn that down, even if. Oh no, Williams are a midfield team. Yeah, I, I was going to say exactly what Tim was saying. You don't turn down Mercedes, even if Mercedes dropped to being <laughs> just for reliability the third best team. You don't see Williams going up to being the second best team. George Russell's Mercedes guy. He, he's their contract. <laughs> it's <laughs> if he wants the Mercedes and they want him in the Mercedes, he's going in the Mercedes. Oh yes, obviously. Even if there's not a Mercedes seat available for next season, would they 
bring him up into Aston Martin and get him established in a in a the potentially midfield car to improve him before he does eventually get into that seat. I think that depends very much on the performance of the Aston Martin drivers this year, and that's both of them because. Both of them, if they have good seasons, could be there next year. And I think both of them could not be there next year as well. Such an uh, uncertain team. What the are their contracts? What length of the contracts? I believe it's one year each. <laughs> yeah, but I think it takes back to the early part. If, if you Mercedes, you want George in a midfield team, you look at who else, If even if those two Aston drivers stay on, you look at who else has got a one-year deal and can I loan my guy to that team? Can I put George Russell in an Alpine? Can I... George, I'm traveling where else you can go in the midfield. I mean, it is really out, but it's, it's Ocon, Vettel, Stroll, or a Mercedes drive. There's nowhere else really for him unless he's staying at the back of the grid. Chris, do you see Lando getting dropped? Honestly, I don't. But Lando is, is a quality young driver for me. And why shouldn't he get the Mercedes call up? You've got three drivers, two seats, and you don't see two drivers. You don't see Hamilton saying, I'm going to not do next year. You don't see them going, okay, we'll bring George in, but we're also going to get rid of Valtteri and then bring someone else mm-hmm. in, even though it might make sense. Say Hamilton decides, I'm making this my last year, and he blows Bottas out the park. You put George in, you, you probably then you consider maybe bringing someone else, and you go, oh, I've got a seat available. But then you've got every single driver going i want that seat there's no one in the no one in the grid if if red bull don't perform verstappen's got that clause to get out and if a mercedes drive comes available you gotta think with what they did with the last two regulation jumps that you're gonna want to jump on on that car for 2022 i would be concerned because if i was a mercedes driver i would be or not mercedes driver in like obviously for like mercedes but obviously a Mercedes representative driver. So you've got Russell, Ocon, you know, they're both going to be one competing for a seat. And I truly believe if Ocon doesn't last this season, then he's not coming back to Formula One. It's that, it's that simple. Unless he performs, he's not coming back. Is Ocon still part of the Mercedes young driver programme? Yeah, because he's under... I, uh, I don't think he's part of that programme, but I think he's still managed by Toto. Oh, okay. In the same way that Valtteri was managed by Toto when he was a Williams driver. I thought he was still in there. Maybe I'm wrong now. If I'm wrong, just edit that whole f-ing clip out. But Editing a lot out, Dan, if that's the case. Mate, where have I been <laughs> like that for, man? Where have I been this for? <laughs> but do you not but do you not do you not see what I'm saying? Like obviously, you know, he's he's managed by Toto, you know. How far does that loyalty go for him? Because I, I don't see him in a Formula One car next year, unless he performs. Yeah, if, if, if there's a Mercedes seat available, I would want, um, you know, a peddler that's been running a Mercedes engine that knows them, mm. instead of bringing somebody in from the likes of, of Alpine that's run a completely different engine. Yeah. Oh, Ocon was the best and reserve driver for Mercedes, so you can't exactly say he doesn't know the engine, but I just, I, I don't. Uh, if you you've got have got this completely ridiculous situation of both Valtteri and Lewis are gone next season, and George is in one seat, it might not be unrealistic to say Ocon gets that Mercedes drive and as a number two as a solid backup, just because 
you wonder how much of an influence Toto, Maggi, Valtteri, Bottas had on Valtteri getting that seat in the first place. That's a very good point, actually. I think, though, a couple of seasons away these days can make a massive difference. Um, and the power plant now isn't what it was when Ocon tested it. You think back to how Ferrari drivers struggle to come in and drive a Ferrari these days. I just wonder if if it could be a similar tale these days with the with the Mercedes engine. But I would be concerned of if Lewis goes, is Toto going to go? Um, I just throw in there: Lewis has a one-year contract. Toto signed a three-year contract. Yeah, uh, I don't see Toto going. He's got yeah. that three-year contract. I don't expect to monitor it. At the end of the day, I'm still not convinced that Lewis is going to just up and leave after one season. No, nah. he's going to be bored. If he's battling this year, Dan, I don't know if he will be bored. Imagine if he is in a titanic battle with Ricardo and Verstappen and Perez all around mm. him this season, promoter season. I, I think, will that give him the drive to prove that he is the best of those when they have equal cars? I meant bored as if he wasn't F1 racing. He's going to be bored. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to have a lot of time on his hand. He's going to be bored. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's running that. Um, the team uh, in the extreme, what is it? Extreme, extreme, extreme yeah. um, I think Lewis Hamilton will be fine if he retires. So for stuff to do, you think he's uh, he's got his uh, extreme E, he's got his fashion, he's got his music. Music. He's got, no, no. He, he, he's got his music, hasn't he? <laughs> he's apparently, he is that mysterious voice in that Christina Reguilera song. I mean, Lewis Hamilton's got more pastimes than um, Nikita Mazepin's got disgrace claims. <laughs> I think that one can stay in. I, I, I think it's borderline. <laughs> <laughs> when it's Reese who doesn't turn up for the next podcast, we'll know that yeah, the we'll know uh, Russians have come after him. But no, I do generally think that Lewis, if if he does go, should start his own F1 team. Do an Eddie oh. Jordan and start a team. He's got the money for it. Well, I don't think it's all obviously down to money. It's sponsorship as well, isn't it? You know, they play, they pay a big part. And if Lewis goes, is he going to take Tommy Hilfiger with him? Is he going to take X, Y, Z sponsorship with him if he wanted to do it on his own? And then he's going to turn around and go, ah, can I have a Mercedes engine as well, please? If Lewis retires, that Hilfiger goes with him. That's his sponsor. I would also add that he would probably, from his equality in sports standpoint, see having a team or a big influence in a team as being something that he can then continue that path that he's been going on. I would agree. The diversity thing's just taken off. That that could be something to keep him here. Also, he isn't going to go anywhere until he's got number eight. He wants that record. That's going to be a real driving force for him. Yeah, because he wants something that everyone has to to try and break, try and achieve. You know, because you think, how many years has it been since someone even come close to Michael's records? You know, no one's, ever come, no one's ever come close. Exactly. You know, it's taken Lewis uh, 14 or 15 years. To, 15 years to equal, yeah. To, to equal it, you know. And you just whack two more seasons on that. It's hardly, you know, I, I'd put a bet on that. No one's going to equal it. Because the yeah. drivers, you know, you're, you're talking about like Alonso, Kimi, Lewis... Uh, you know, those kind of people that have that longevity within F1, it's just not seen anymore. It's not the car, but it is the car in a way. 
Lewis has been so yeah. successful mm. because that Mercedes has been so dominant and Lewis getting there, a huge part of that's got to be the fact that he's driven for the best team to, well, the best manufacturer in the 21st century. No one has made a car and turned out a car as consistently as Mercedes. Yeah. Um, let's not forget that Lewis was McLaren's last world champion um, and the McLaren did dive downhill as soon as he left the team. And I'll say that that was the last time that McLaren had a Mercedes engine, which should mean that Daniel Ricciardo, 2021 world champion, as I made in my predictions on our previous podcast. Give it to Lando Norris, British driver, <laughs> McLaren, Mercedes engine. Although we haven't seen Lando rock the loud shirt that Ricardo has been rocking recently. I think we should start a petition for the teams to release more Hawaiian. I shirts. did. I put it on Twitter. <laughs> I put How much response there. did you get? You got one <laughs> like from me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably that's about it. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can. Find us on Facebook as Formula One Fans UK. If you want to contact us, we are on Twitter and Instagram. You can message us there to start a petition about Hawaiian shirts at Formula One Fans UK. That's with the number one. And we can now be found on our website, which is www.formula1fansuk.wordpress.com. Yeah, we're cheap. We haven't bought a, uh, a full domain yet, but we'll get there eventually. Uh, long-term goals. But until then, enjoy the first race of the season, everyone, and we'll catch up with you soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Cheerio, guys.